what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have on the line, as always, for episode 109. Episode 109, I got my co-host T-Up on the line. T-Up, are you there? Oh, I am here, I'm alive, and we are here for another pod, episode 109. Wow. 109, and week, a- week 9 is over. We're done with the week nine with episode one hundred and nine on deck. Wow, let's, let's, this is gonna go down in history for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And no, honestly, it, it is kind of a historical episode just because uh, with week nine now past us, I look in the NFL landscape and the Ravens have just defeated the Patriots which means that there is one lone team, not in just the NFC, but in the NFL, T-Up. Who is that team that I'm talking about? Oh, you know, it's that team that lives out by the bay. Uh, they rock the crimson and gold. Those uh, Santa Clara, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, those Bay Area 49ers, huh? Our, our beloved 49ers. And so, week nine has passed us, and there were only two NFC West games, the first one being early, uh, Cardinals-Niners at Cardinals. Niners won 28-25. Uh, it was a close one. You know, obviously, um, really close score at the end. Quan Alexander, he's out for the season with a torn pictorial, so it's not like they came out there unscathed. But nonetheless, the Niners are first place at 8-0. The Seahawks, I don't know if y'all saw... Uh, that one o'clock game set, but it was pretty awesome. Seahawks were seven and two, and they won at home. Um, they should have won in regulation, but their kicker uh, was it Jason Myers. He shanked it, so they had to win in overtime. They had to have Russell Wilson throw five touchdowns, three hundred and seventy-eight passing yards for the win, in which they beat the Bucks forty to thirty-four in overtime. You have the Rams at 5-3 and three on a bye week. They're on a bye, so they're just chilling right now. And like I mentioned before, the Cardinals, they have dropped two straights, one being to the Saints and the second being to the Niners, and they are 3-5-1. And, and Tia, going into Week 10, I'm sure everyone thought for sure when you look at the schedule that the Niners would be the lone team undefeated at 8-0, right? I mean... Who, who would have thunk? But yet again, here we are. And I guess this is just a testament of, you know, trusting the system and buying in, buying into the to the coaching scheme, scheme and just like accumulation of talent and it's all just clicking together. So, you know, I don't think, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to, to our coaching staff to, to believing in in the system and sticking, sticking the track. Right. Because, you know... I, other football teams, you know, these first two years, they may hit the abort button, you know, and they, they and they try to accumulate different talent, you know, they try to change the, the coaching scheme, but nah, Coach, uh, Coach Shanahan, he, he stuck with it, so it's fun to watch. And I'm really excited about, about the second half of the division, too, just because, you know, you have the Niners there, the Seahawks, they're not too far away at 7-2, and two. and for the Seahawks, too, I mean, just... Take, take a step back behind them. I think their first six games, five of the five of the six, they had to win by 
less than a touchdown. They they won some real tight ones, but at the same time too, their their record at home hasn't been, you know, perfect like in years past. They have a three and two record now at home um, when you include last week's game. But you know, uh, their defense uh, it hasn't been the best. It's not certainly not Legion of Boom material, but you're just seeing an MVP level in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson for the season, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. Russell Wilson, he has, oh my God, he has 22 touchdowns to one interception at a quarterback rating of 118.2. So he is just, I mean, it's just weird. In years past, they really relied on the defense and then Russell Wilson to manage it. Kind of like what Jimmy G is doing right now, even though you saw a little bit of promise last week against the Cardinals. But now Russell Wilson, I mean, this is... Shoot, this is officially his fucking team right now, T-Up. Yeah, man. I mean, he's playing at such a high level right now. It's really exciting to watch. And now that they they loaded another wide receiver weapon for Russell, they got Flash Gordon on the team, and he's going to make his debut on Monday night against the Niners. Man, that's uh, that's exciting for the, for, the, for the 12s. I wonder how they feel about that. Now, we, we talked, you know, in detail about the Thursday Night Football game last pod just because, you know, it, it just happened. But uh, let's let's talk about that game at hand at Seattle. Tampa Bay, you know, Tampa Bay the last five times. They've won the last four out of five times. Bruce Arians, when he was on the Cardinals, he, he knows Seattle. He knows the NFC West. He's done very well against Seattle. Um, you could say as far that he, he owns that, that stadium. That, that's his home. He's done very well at CenturyLink Field. Um, but man, this, this was a game where, uh, you know, the Rams lost to the Bucks. Let's, let's not forget about that. They lost at LA, uh, where, you know, that, that Buccaneers passing offense, whether it's been within Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, they just tore their secondary and you saw remnants of that against Seattle. Um, they found a way to win, uh, kind of to what I said on the last pod, you know, I knew that the run game especially for the Buccaneers' defense, it would be A1. They have Vita Vea. They have Ndamukong Su. I knew that you know yards would be hard to come by. I know that Chris Carson had a nice 50-yard run, but you know outside of that, um, the Seahawks needed to rely on the passing game. And just look at these numbers by the receivers for the Seahawks. Uh, finally, you have a compliment to Tyler Lequette because the rookie... DK Metcalf, he had six catches for 123 yards, a touchdown. He was money in fourth quarter. He was money in overtime. And Lockett's favorite um, favorite quarterback, the best connection in the NFL. I mean, Lockett had uh, 13 catches, 152 yards, two touchdowns. It was just, uh, this was a really fun game to watch. Um, just a different type of Seattle game where... Uh, they gave up a lot of points, but they scored a lot of points. I mean, tee up. You saw this game. What were your What were your thoughts about this game? Yeah, like Seattle, they were tra- they were trailing early. I was a little surprised by that. Uh, Jameis Winston was having his way with that secondary. Um, I don't did, I don't quite remember if Seattle had any sacks, but if they did, uh, you know, they weren't memorable. But you know, I, I trusted I trusted Russell Wilson. I knew he was going to. He was just going to come rolling back, and he did so in the third quarter. And it's just one of those things, too. You look at, you know, the comparison in quarterbacks, Russell Wilson to Jameis Winston. I mean, Jameis Winston, he's always been talented. I mean, he was the former number one pick in that draft class out of Florida State. 
Um, but, I mean, shoot, he had that one pass where I thought it was deflected and it was f- fumbled and recovered by Seattle. But he, I mean, he, he tried to throw it. He just slipped. Uh, the football just slipped under him. And just just stuff like that. I mean, just very sloppy stuff out of Jameis Winston. Um, I don't I don't know. Uh, I thought Tampa Bay did a good job. I knew it would be close, but uh, I, I certainly did not expect kind of the, the theatricals with, with this finish. I mean, you had... Myers, he, he he missed two field goals in the regulation. He missed an extra point. Um, this game probably shouldn't have gone to overtime, but it did. And the Seahawks just found a way to win, as always. Just found a way to win. I mean, with the whole Jason Meyer thing, I think I, I would be concerned if I'm, you know, if I'm Seattle and, you know, move as the weather gets cold, it's going to start more relying on your kickers to make... Uh, those long field goals. I mean, certainly no Steve uh, Hauska. That's, that's for damn sure. Yeah, like, what is going on? Like, they can't, Seattle, they can't find a kicker right now. And, you know, I, I, if I was a Seattle fan, I would be concerned. Um, but, you know, Russell Wilson, I, I do trust him putting it in the end zone. So, yeah. I don't know. Mike Evans, he definitely had, I mean, 12 receptions, 180 yards. He did have his way with that secondary, and that's that would be a point of interest if I'm a future opponent of Seattle. Right, 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 right. Well, that's what it was for the game. It was an exciting game. I just felt that, um, you know, I'm glad they won because the Rams, obviously, they, they lost in, uh, in similar fashion where the passing game just gauged them. But um, it'll be interesting because... Uh, they played the Niners Monday Night Football. I'm, I'm sure you heard about that. So that'll be interesting. Um, let's go ahead and briefly talk about the Rams and, and the Cardinals, and then we can get, get on to the next matchup for, for this upcoming Week 10. Uh, Rams are 5-3. and three. Uh, It's crazy because right now it seems like the Niners are going to either win the division or compete for it because you have the CX at 7-2. Either one is probably going to make the wild card. So that means that third team, which you Right now, it's going to be the Rams. I mean, um, they would be the odd team out after coming off a Super Bowl loss, a Super Bowl appearance nonetheless. But um, coming off the bye, I mean, what do you expect from the Rams? Do you think they, they fix their offense? Do you think that with Jalen Ramsey, they're going to get back on track? I heard Clay Matthews is supposed to come back. He's been practicing. So there's some optimism in the second half. Um, I mean, shoot, you live in L.A. right now, T-Up. So, I mean, what, what's the... What's the temperature right now in Los Angeles? Ah, the temperature right now. Yeah. As you know, L.A. is full of transplants, and uh, Steeler Nation, the steel curtain, oh, is pretty uh, it's pretty dense down here in uh, in L.A. There's a lot of Steeler fans. I, I totally forgot about that. You're absolutely right. There, there are tons. They are playing, playing in uh, at Heinz Field this weekend, so, you know, there's not going to be crazy... I don't know, crazy things happening over at the Coliseum, but I don't know. The spread over here, it, it's kind of odd. The Rams are only favored by three and a half. They are. What, what do you think of this? It's um, that's that's why I, I don't know where to like you know, uh, put my finger up in the air to, to kind of gauge the win right now. I mean, like I, like I said, we haven't really heard too much from the Rams. Um, they had two solid wins off the Bengals and the Falcons. Um, two teams they should have beat anyway, so they're getting some of their swagger back. Um, but at the same time, too, I mean, it just seems like 
the Niners and the Seahawks have been taking all the headlines in the division. So are we sleeping on the Rams? Or, I mean, I just... I, I For this, I, 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 I come to you because I, I don't know really um, what direction the, the Rams are, are at right now. Is their stock up or down as they come off their bye week? I would say it's up. I mean, they're, they're coming in healthy. Sounds like Clay Matthews is coming back. Todd Gurley had a solid game last game. He's, you know, he was able to put some points on the board. Um, it, it, good recovery time. Guys got their treatment, new game plan, refreshed minds. I expect them to, to, to pull out a win. Okay. So, then again, then again, West Coast teams traveling to East Coast, playing that morning game. You know how that usually goes. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a little problematic, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that Talib is gone, Marcus Peters gone, like, I, I don't know if that messes with the locker room at all. I don't expect it to. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of shakeups in in uh, Rams' house. Okay. But, you know, dur- during this, uh, this bye week, it has been very hum coming from them. Okay, so... Kind of a suck up, but kind of like, well, optimistic, but not completely like double down, like, fuck yeah, we got this in the second half. That's the kind of the vibe. They're kind of, they're kind of slowly coming out right now, right? Yeah, but I mean, coming out of the second half and seeing how the Niners are 8-0 and then the Seahawks are just pulling one win after another, like, they have, they have to come with everything they got. You know, there's no, there's no more load management for Gurley. There's no more conservative play. McVeigh, he has to come out firing in the second half of the season. I completely, no excuses. I completely agree. I think that this offense, this identity, uh, whether it's the run game between Gurley or, um, you know, the rest, you know, uh, what's his face, Henderson, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see from an X's and O's perspective. What is McVeigh going to do in the second half? As they're seeing the first half, kind of go, kind of get get be, uh, get past them, you know. So, um, do you expect Gurley to uh, start performing up to what what we always expected, or what what are you expecting from Gurley? Second I, half. I mean, a couple things to note with that. Uh, this bye week should really give them a good opportunity to not only get healthy, but to get their team, notably their offensive line, um, tight, nice and tight to get their, uh, their their scheme up to par for the second half. They just traded for Austin Corbin. Obviously, he's going to be put in the mix uh, at the interior line. Um, you, I mean, this whole first half, in terms of, like, you know, their center, their guards, it's been kind of going back and forth with injuries. And so that's been uh, a point of emphasis all season. But in the second half, you know, you, you would hope that they get that back on track. I think that that is going to be extremely important for them. Uh, if they can get that back off the bye week and have uh, a decent run game, a decent offensive line, then, yeah, everything else will go. Hopefully, um, you'll see some remnants of last year. But that's been the, the point of emphasis that I've been worried about. It's just It's been shuffling on the interior, and it hasn't been good for them. Hopefully, uh, with this bye week and a little bit of time for their, their new players to get acquainted with the offense, we're going to see that, uh, especially against Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. And Jared Goff, like, I mean, uh, what is it? The Steelers, they, they do have a formidable pass rush. Oh, they do. They got Bud Dupree. They got T.J. Watt. You know, I expect them to, to be all up in Goff's face. 
how do you how do you expect him to to perform under pressure? I mean, it goes back to the run game. Uh, I think at this point, uh, we have not been able to see Jared Goff kind of control the game by himself. He, he needs a good run game to complement him as well. Um, in, in that same sense where you know you would say that Jimmy Grapple needs a good run game for himself and play action. Both McVay and Shanahan have similar philosophies. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that first and foremost, you get the run game back. You get Jared Goff back. You get you get Jared Goff of last year in the first half. That type of offense, you get that back. So that is my point of, of emphasis for Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I okay. Yeah, I'll just fix the O line. Uh, you'll see a much better ROI on your offense. Just straight up, you know. Straight up. Straight up. All right, let's go to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals lost two straights. They're three, five, and one. But, you know, the, the thing that's interesting to note about this is, you know, they've been losing the last two games, but, I mean, they played the Saints. They played the Niners. They played some really tough teams. And they certainly gave the Niners a good run for their money. They had a bit of a moral victory at home. Uh, Kyler Murray, actually, the last five games, you know, you've been worried about him being too short, does he belong in this league, does this Cliff Kingsbury offense uh, kind of go in the NFL, but you know, through the last five games, zero interceptions, and he looked really fucking good against uh, a great stellar pass rush in the Niners, uh, where you have, I'm sure Seattle, I'm sure plenty of other teams like the Ravens, uh, you know, teams with mobile quarterbacks who will face the Niners, they took none of that, and Kyler Murray showed that, no, he, he belongs. He can certainly play against some really tough defenses. And he's starting to come into his own. I think that he's coming onto his own. I think that Cliff Kingsbury, his play calling is getting uh, a little bit more solidified. Uh, you're seeing, shoot, I mean, David Johnson, he's been he's missed the last couple games. Chase Edmonds, he missed last game with a hamstring injury. They had to trade a mid-round pick for Kenyon Drake. He'd only been on the team for four four days before Thursday Night Football, and the run game looked okay. It looked okay. So I just, glass half full for me at least. I, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but, you know, I'll give them some credit. You know, as a Cardinals fan, I I kind of feel good about that number one pick to say that, hey, you know what, Kyler Murray has the number one pick. That was a good pick. That was a good choice. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, can't really question it right now just the way that they're performing even though they dropped the last two like you said they were pretty they were formidable points but it's, it's very optimistic to see what Kyler Murray is capable of and he had glimpses against uh, the Niners when that Andy Isabella uh, 80 yard touchdown that was nice yeah no I mean uh, he's mobile he's able to evade the, the sack he didn't make a few working mistakes such as you know Running away from the sack, but he's running uh, away from the line of scrimmage. He should have just thrown it away, or instead of taking the sack. I mean, I think he lost like over twenty-five yards on that right. sack. Right. But I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm, as I was watching that game, I, I got a little nervous that Arizona they they had the the ball chance to um, to tie it or win it. Yeah. No, I was I was really concerned about the game where, you know, while the Niners were able to get a couple key first downs to, to run off the clock and get in the victory formation. But just it makes you think, though, what if that didn't happen? What if you put the ball in Kyler Murray's hand 
minute and a half, two minutes against that Niners offense. Um, at that point, I was pretty nervous, man. Like, if that were to happen, right? Yeah. You could have pulled something off. Can you, I mean, the running game was, was pretty successful. They just had that one bang-bang play to Andy Isabella. Yep. 80, 88-yard touchdown. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Shut up. Stock up for so stock then again, it's going to be growing pins for him. You know, like we can't expect them to, you know, to pull out a win like that against an undefeated team. Obviously, there's crazier stuff that happened in the NFL, but that's that's um, it'll be a learning point, and it's it, it's a good it, it's good for him moving forward and that coaching staff too. All right, all right. Uh, second half, you know, it's it'll be very telling how they finish off this season. Um, you can, mm-hmm. can go so far as to say if they do a strong finish with Kyler Murray, and they have a strong off season, you know whether it's the draft or free agency, you know they they're they're certainly in the mix. Um, it all starts at quarterback, so I, I think that I could firmly say after you know the first half of the season that uh, Kyler Murray is the real deal. I, I, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Kenyon Drake, though, who would have who thought? Oh, fuck, I, I didn't think about that. It was, I swear, the first drive, the first play of the game, they did a counter, um, went yeah. inside, bounced it outside for 35 yards, and then the next thing you know, they, they did a toss to him to go in for his first touchdown as a Cardinal, the very first drive. I mean, that was, wow. Wow, that was, that was good. That was good. You know, one thing I just don't understand is, like, every year for the past, like, I feel like it seems like four seasons, three, maybe five. David Johnson is always like number in the top three in fantasy. Like, why? Why? I don't get it. I mean, that's why fantasy is so stupid. Oh, he, he teases you. He he, show, he looks really, I mean, he looks really good a couple of years back. Last year he got hurt. This year, the reason why he was top five is because Cliff Kingsbury he has the promise of. Featuring his running running backs in the passing game, but uh, kind of did, but he just couldn't stay healthy. I mean, he certainly can in the second half, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm on I'm on the same page as you. It, it sucks for David Johnson, no, fantasy football owners. He's right. not he's not he's not, I, he's not on I your just team. Don't get it, he's, not on, he's not on your team though, is he? I, I didn't draft him, but I mean, I can see. Oh I can, no, hell no. <laughs> oh man, I feel like he's only had like one good season. Fantasy wise, ah man. Well, well, there's that. Uh, yeah, Chase Edmonds looks promising. <laughs> Kenyon Drake. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens in the off season. Uh, I know that they did pay mm-hmm. him. They did give him an extension. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, so that's uh, my thoughts after week nine. As we go into week ten, um, let's go ahead and look at those matchups. I know briefly you mentioned that hey, the Rams uh, one o'clock game. They're going at Pittsburgh. Uh, did you did you guess this? Did you see the spread already for that, or did you, did you want to guess? Oops, it's okay. So Rams, Rams are, at Pittsburgh. I did say three and a half. Yeah. Sorry. Now I checked. They're they're favored by four, forty four and a half. That's an interesting game. Um, a little trappy. I, I can see why the Rams are like, oh, why are they only favored by three and a half, four? But you know those those road games are tough. Steelers have a good front seven. And the Rams, their offensive line has been struggling. We'll see. That, that's why I really don't know how Rams Nation is feeling right now. But uh, I get it. I get it, Vegas, why you put them at 3.5-4. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, they put it right in that Vegas zone. Yeah. 
It's uh, it can go either way. Uh, it just depends on. It could. It what, could be Trabby, but depends on how you view the Rams, I, I guess. But, yeah. But Rams are coming off a of bye week, so they. Ha- I mean, they have to come out. This is a statement game for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll talk more in detail about their matchup come come Thursday, Friday time as we get closer to the week. Uh, another game in the uh, in the NFC. It's a morning game. Those Cardinals. You know, we were talking about those Buccaneers. Those Buccaneers beat the Rams at LA. They gave the Seahawks a run for their money. So the Buccaneers are hosting the Cardinals. T up? Do you know the line for that? Did you want to guess that? Uh, okay, I'm gonna guess. I just put it out there. I, I didn't see it. I'm gonna say. Mm, I'm gonna go Tampa Bay minus three and a half. You're pretty damn close, man. I think it opened at three and a half. It's at four and a half right now. High scoring game. Oh wow! Buccaneers okay. four and a half over under fifty two and a half. So you have Kyler Murray versus Jameis Winston. That's uh a very intriguing game uh I, I get why people put 52 and a half just because both secondaries especially what you saw emmanuel sanders do the patrick peterson uh, both secondaries mm. can be had mike evans chris godwin I, I i get it i get it it should be kind of a fun game actually um one of the more exciting games actually when i look at the 10 o'clock uh, game sets uh for week 10 uh, on nfl sunday you know yeah i mm, i I would say Cardinals might they have a chance of taking this. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, James going, put, James going, James, right? He, shit. If, he, if, they, if they're in James's face and they make him, they force him to do, um, you know, force him into mistakes. I think in Arizona they can take advantage of that. And then that the Buccaneers secondary is just it's you know average at best. I'm intrigued. But we could have one of those young, speedy. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game, no doubt. I think that I think this is a game that will be very fruitful for fantasy owners. Whether you you, you queue up Kenyon Drake, um, Mike Evans, it's cool. I, I I dig this game. Okay, okay. So there's that, and then you know there is the final game. Of week 10, and I don't want to hype this up, but this is probably like the biggest game of week 10, maybe of the season up to this point in the first half as we enter the second half. But I would say it's a marquee game, no doubt, for, especially for this week. There's no other game that that tops this. Tia, if I don't get tickets to this game, I would love to, but Seattle Seahawks, 7 and 2, they go on the road to Levi Stadium. San Francisco 49ers, who are 8-0. and And both teams are coming off pretty narrow victories. You know, the Niners 28-25 against the Cardinals. The Seahawks 40-34 in overtime against the Buccaneers. Uh, both of them are, uh, I mean, they're ascending. Their stock is up right now. And it comes to this point where they finally meet in the season. And... It's just crazy because the, the last time uh, the Seahawks played the Niners, the Niners were finally able to beat them at home. It was a feat that they haven't done in years past. Uh, I still remember I was at, I mean, shoot, it, I can't believe it. But, you know, three years ago, I, I was at the Niners game where 
against Seattle, it was it was garbage time. They put Jimmy G in, and Jimmy G got a garbage touchdown. But who knew? We we fast forward to now that the Seahawks are playing the Niners in primetime fashion on Monday Night Football. Oh man, I can't wait. This is like been waiting for this all week. It's going to be a great matchup. Do you know? The, do, you do, know, we, we yeah. got a, the Niner, Niner fans. We got a glimpse of what a mobile quarterback could do against our defense, and you know us being putting that wide nineteen um, quarterback could easily take advantage of that. Yeah, and I'm a little worried with Russell Wilson being more mobile and uh, more of a gunslinger than than Kyler. I am a little worried. I mean, that's the, However, that's the argument. I mean, if Kyler Murray can, can give the Niners defense trouble, think about Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. However, Seattle defense, especially the pass rush, is not that good this season. I think they have a total of nine backs this season. That is correct. Michael, have, Michael Kendricks is the leading have, with three. Yep. Yeah. Niners have four times as many backs as they do. Mm. They have 36 backs this season. Okay. Right now, if I look at the numbers for this game, and you know, to our listeners, the reason why I'm emphasizing this game because this game is going to be the sheets for the NFC West. Uh, the Niners have the number 12 offense, the number two defense. Conversely, the Seahawks have the number three offense and the number 27 defense. So, hmm. Okay, so yeah. That's interesting. Niners number two defense versus Seahawks number three offense. Niners number twelve offense versus Seattle twenty seventh defense, so that seems to be the the biggest difference. The Niners offense versus the Seahawks defense, right there. Do you remember when Seattle and Denver in the Super Bowl, the number number one defense versus the number one offense? Yeah, I do. It was. Uh, and what happened? Defense wins championships, baby. Wins defense wins championships. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, you know, we can't get content. This is a. It's going to be a statement game for both teams. Been it's definitely uh, a must win because Seattle's only two games behind us. I'm sorry, behind the Niners. Yeah, beh- 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 behind the Niners. Behind the. <laughs> behind the Niners. <laughs> Just yeah, right. inside joke, right? Inside joke. Yeah, the Niners. It's interesting yeah. though, because I mean, you know, I uh, I will talk about this probably on the next pod, but you know, the Niners for for, for the record, they're not going to win every every fucking game. And if there was a game where they were to lose, I, I'm just saying, yeah, Seattle looks pretty fucking good right now. Uh, kind of a interesting stat: yards per attempt under pressure. So. Uh, the average yards per attempt when these quarterbacks are under pressure. Number one is Russell Wilson. He averages nine yards per attempt when he's under pressure. Number two is Patrick Mahomes at 8.1 yards per attempt. Guess who's number three? Okay, it isn't so. Wait, is it? Would it be Kyler? Nope. Under pressure. Is it? Number three. Really? Jimmy? Jimmy at 7.9. Wow. Yeah. Russell Wilson, we all know that he, he does his thing under pressure, but Jimmy G has been pretty good as well. Um, you know, I think that this really is, you know, if people weren't convinced about Jimmy G doing his thing with four touchdowns against the Cardinals, 
well, if you can do this against Seattle, I, I think you know maybe the, the defensive numbers aren't favorable this this year for Seattle. But I mean, that mental hurdle for the Niners to beat a seven two team like the Seahawks. I mean, Jimmy has an opportunity. That, that's all I'm saying. It's it should be a very intriguing game for for this Niners Seahawks rivalry. It's just. And I guess it's important to note that we do get our two, uh, we get our two tackles back and our pullback. The not in Niners. The Niners get back Mike McGlinchey, Joe Staley, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, and supposedly cornerback Akella Witherspoon. They lose Quan Alexander, but conversely, the the Seahawks uh, they just picked up Josh Gordon. So you have Josh Gordon, you have DK Metcalf, who is balling. Off a six catch, one hundred twenty-three, one touchdown performance. So you have those two on the outside, and you have Tyler Lockett, who has been money all season in the slots. Very intriguing. In which I think, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm taking a page out of what I saw against Arizona. And since Quan Alexander is out for the year, I'm going to challenge the linebackers in pass coverage, laterally with screens with Russell Wilson. But uh, they have. A rookie starting alongside Fred Warner, fifth round pick in Dre Greenlaw. So I would pick on him. I would pick on these linebackers. Uh, just in the same manner where the Niners should pick on the Seattle secondary because, you know, he, they should take a page out of what Tampa Bay did against them, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Arizona, they, sh- they showed some vulnerability in our defense. Maybe Seattle takes advantage of it. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't expect the Niners to win every single game. They're not going sixteen and zero. No. All I, you know, all I ask is, you know, they put up a good fight every single game. And if he leads to a worthy opponent such as Seattle, so be it. You know, you need a, you need to see a loss in order to, to understand your weaknesses so you can correct them. Well, well, Sensei, thank you for for those um, words of advice. They, they ring true to me. <laughs> but I'm not expecting. Hey, I'm expecting a good match. I hope they don't lose, but if they do, I'm not going to be sad. That's what I meant. Okay. All right, T-Up. Okay, well, that's all I got top of mind. Any other final thoughts as we uh, conclude this podcast, T-Up? No. Let's, uh, we're, we're in the meat and potatoes of the season. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's get it. Let's get it, boy. We are going to week 10. I can't believe it. Like I said before, Niners 8-0, Seahawks 7-2, Rams 5-3. Cardinals three five and one, tee up. I appreciate your time and to our listeners. I mean, continue to check us out on Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace. Peace.